So today uh, we're going to be talking about vision and just the vision of our life, the vision of our church and what we're believing for God to do. I remember the first time I was introduced with the concept of vision, uh, imagination, dream, purpose, destiny. There's a lot of different ways you can spin it. But I remember the first time I was introduced to it. I like to start off with something funny, but I was in high school and I would go to this gas station every day to get hot Cheetos, Gatorade, and Strawberries. Those are like my three. Couldn't go to school without those, couldn't graduate without those. I would still be in the third grade if it wasn't for those three things. So every day I would go. So I would go inside of this Shell gas station. And when I would come out, this lady would be waiting outside and she would be like, hey, can I have some money? And I'm like, oh gosh, I had like 50 cent left over for my $5 and I would give her 50 cent every single day. Then I got smart. You know, I was in math class. I started realizing that 50 cent could add up and over a week I can pay for the first day of my next week snacks. And I said, I'm tired of giving this lady money, but I felt bad she would guilt trip me. So I had something for her. There was two ways to come inside. So instead of coming through the front door, I would come through the back door this particular day. So I went through the back door. I was excited. I got my Gatorade, my Starburst, and my Hot Cheetos. I went through the back door. I saw her in the front. I was coming back out the back door, and I thought I had her beat. But to my surprise, she was behind the wall. She was like, hey, sir. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? She was like, you thought you was going to miss me? I was like, well, no, uh, I knew you was going to be around here, and I'm trying to finesse her. So at that point, she began to speak to me. She said, see, you don't get it. I said, I don't get what? She said, you don't get it. She said, do you want to know what the most powerful nation in the world is? Do you want to know what the most powerful nation in the world is? I said, well, I already know that. It's America. She said, no, you missed it. She said, the most powerful nation in the world is the imagination. Because in the imagination, all things are possible. In the imagination, you can be whoever you want to be. In the imagination, you can go wherever you want to go. In imagination, you can reach your dreams. You can go as far as you want to. You can accomplish everything. There's no nation greater than imagination. And I was like, wow, this lady is inspiring. I'm inspired. I got goosebumps. And she inspired me. And then she said, do you want to know what the second most powerful nation is in the world? I said, no, what? She said, donation, boy, you thought you was getting away without giving me money? I gave her her 50 cent and I rolled out, but I left inspired. And at that point, since that day, imagination has always stuck with me. Vision has always stuck with me. Dreams has always stuck with me. And my question for you, church, is what is your vision? What is your dreams? When you close your eyes, what do you see? Because I want you to know something. If you look at something with your eyes, you will only see reality. But if you look at something with your vision, you will see possibility. If you only see with your eyes, you see reality. But if you look with your vision, you will see possibility. And vision is different than eyesight because seeing is eyesight. Vision is insight. Vision is the ability to see from inside of you regardless of the physical circumstances around you. And my question for you is, church, what do you see when your eyes is closed? Because vision isn't activated when the eyes are open. Vision is activated when the eyes are closed. And some of you guys aren't seeing what God can do through your life. Some of you guys aren't seeing what God can do through your family. Some of you guys aren't seeing what God can do through your job or inside of your school campus because your eyes is open. And God is saying in this season, you're going to have to close your eyes and open up your heart. What is God's vision for your life? And let me tell you something. They say after most people retire, they die 10 years later. And the reason why they die after they retire is because they don't have a purpose for their life. They don't have a vision for their life. And when there is no vision, death happens. 
So what is your vision? Why are you? Why are you? See, the evolutionists can tell you what you are, but they can't tell you why you are. Why do you exist? Why are you on Perth? Why do you matter? Why are you unique? Why is no one else in the world have your fingerprint? Why are you different? Why do you look different from everybody? Don't look as good as me, ching. Why? Don't just know what you are, know why you are. And let me tell you something about you. You are unique. There is something unique and extravagant about you. There is no one in all of creation like you. God doesn't make copies. He doesn't make second place. God only makes first place. He only makes originals. And you are perfect. And you may be awful at being someone else, but you're the best in the world at being yourself. You are you. It's true and true. There's no one alive more youer than you. So you don't have to try to be no one else because true vision and destiny is found within yourself when God gives it to you. And your job is not to go through the earth to try to decide your vision. Your job is to go through the earth and discover your vision. What did God call you to do? Why did God make you? And what do you supposed to do with this life? Because everybody lives and dies. And when you go to your, I know you want to think about this, but when you go to your burial, there is the date you were born and the day you die. And in between that date, there's a dash. And that dash represents the life you lived. And my question is, what do your dash say? Does it say you love people? Does it say you help people? Does it say you gave back? Or does it say you were selfish? Does it say you didn't care about nobody? Does it say you loved God? Does it say you trusted God? Does it say you loved yourself and trusted yourself? What will your dash say? And what you have to learn how to do is you have to learn how to live with the end in mind. Because so many of us, we live aimlessly. We don't have no aim and no target for our life. But God don't want you to live aimlessly. He wants you to live purposefully. And you got to know what that purpose and that destiny is. What is your vision? Be driven by your vision or take a ride in someone else's. Let me say it again. Be driven by your vision or take a ride in someone else's. If you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 90. Y'all going to have to get crunk with me because y'all out there all tight booty. Y'all going to have to loosen up. Acts chapter 9. Amen. Acts 9, verse 3, it says, As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling in his thunder, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And then men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. Everyone say no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus, and he was three days without sight. Three days he had no sight. He was blind and neither ate or drank. And then it says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judah for one called Saul of Tarsus. 
For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he may receive sight. Let me break this down. So there's this guy named Saul, and we know him in the Bible. He eventually becomes Paul. God changes his name because sometimes when God changes your identity, he changes your name. And this guy named Saul, he was persecuting Christians. He was killing Christians. He was despising Christians. He was turning everything he had against Christians. He hated them. He didn't believe in Jesus. He was trouble for Christians, and he was smart. He knew all of the Old Testament laws and doctrines and theology, and he was persecuting Christians. And he was coming to arrest them and take them and to persecute them. But on his journey, a light shined down from heaven, knocked them down, and when he got up, he was blinded. And when he was blinded, something so powerful happened. As God blinded him, God gave him something when he took away his sight. When God took away Saul's sight, he gave him vision. And I want you to know something. The enemy to your vision is your sight. The enemy to your vision is your sight. And sometimes you can't see from inside of you because your eyes is too busy showing around you. And God is saying sometimes you got to be blinded so you can actually see. And there are so many times we got sight and people put things in our eyes. We see because of the way our parents told us to see. We see because of the way our grandparents told us to see. We see because of the way our friends told us to see. And my question is, are you going to keep seeing through other people's lenses? Or are you going to allow God to give you a vision? Are you going to see from the inside? And let me tell you about the vision. The vision is not of yourself. The vision is of God. God will give you a vision. God will show you what you're supposed to do. God will show you who you're supposed to be. If you want to know who you are, you got to go to the person that created you. You got to go to the person that made you. You can't go to your homegirl Cheyenne because Cheyenne didn't put her hands in the dirt and create you. Cheyenne didn't mold you. Cheyenne didn't blow your spirit inside of you. Cheyenne, you my girl, but I can't listen to you when it comes to my vision. I got to go to the founder of my vision, and that is Almighty God. If you say God is the founder of your vision, come on, somebody. Give him a shout of praise. So Paul was operating by sight, and then he got knocked down so he can operate by vision. And after God gave him a vision of who he was and who he would be, and God gave him a vision of who God was, and he saw clearly when his eyes was closed. And the reason why God had to close his eyes is because he would have never Saul. And let me tell you something. When I first came to church, I didn't see the Bible. I didn't see God. I read the Bible. It was boring. I read the Bible. I fell asleep. I read the Bible and I hated it because the Bible says the word of God is spiritually discerned, which means it's foolish to the carnal mind. When you see the Bible through the natural, it doesn't make sense. And that's why God will close your eyes to show you the Bible through the supernatural. He would close your eyes. And here's the thing you got to understand. The Bible says you don't see it and understand it because you're carnal. Carnal comes from the word carnivore. It means to be earthly, meaty, or fleshly. And so many times we're so deep in our flesh, we can't see the word. We can't see the wisdom in the word and the power in the word. And that's how it was. I didn't go to church. I didn't believe in God. I didn't serve God. And it's funny because the same guy that never went to church is standing up here preaching. And I'm not preaching of my strength. I'm preaching of God's strength. I'm not preaching because I'm worthy. I'm preaching because God's worthy. Because when I went to the church, I wasn't accepted. A lot of churches said, shame on me. But God said, shame off me. Because he bled for me on the cross. 
He died for me on the cross and he rose out of the grave for me. I want you to know something. God is not saying shame on you. He's saying shame off of you. And he's saying stop being led by your eyes and start being led by your vision. What do you see when you close your eyes? What do you hear when God speaks? Because guess what? We always talk about hearing from God. But when you really know him, you start seeing with God. Because when Jesus was with God, he didn't say, I heard everything the Father said. He said, I saw everything the Father done. And when you really start growing in God, he will start showing you things. He will start showing you dreams. He will start showing you visions. Do you know sometimes I walk places and God says, this person is hurt. Sometimes I go to the grocery store and God says, they don't have any money. Pay for their food. He shows me things. The closer you get to God, the more you will start seeing. God is calling you to see. And he's calling you to see not with your eyes. He's calling you to see with your heart. God is calling you to see. And my question is, what do you see? What do you see? How do you see church? Do you see church is just, oh, here you go church again. Oh, it's boring. Oh, here they go. They're going to sing this song again. Or do you see the king of the universe? Do you see your life being changed? Do you see your friends being changed? Do you see you impacting your family? What do you see? And more importantly, who do you see? Do you see the king of kings and the Lord of lords? I was watching this show. It's a cool show. It's on Apple. It's kind of gruesome, so you might not want to watch it. I love old medieval shows. But it's this show called C. And it's funny the show called C is an oxymoron because most of the people in the show, at least 99% of them, they're all blinded. And it's showing what the world would be like in a thousand years if everyone was blinded. And when I found out everybody was blind, I was like, hold up, wait a minute, let me put some Jesus in it. I don't want to watch a show where everybody blind is knocking over stuff, bumping into each other. But it's the best show I've ever saw. They need to pay me royalty. I just shot it all out. I got 200 people that's going to go watch it. It was the best show I've ever seen. And what made the show so great was how magnificent humanity could be without sight. Do you know that if someone with sight fought someone without sight, they lost every time? And the reason why they lost is the bigger the eyes, the less you see. The bigger the eyes, the less you see. And you find out when you watch the show, you actually see more blind than you ever would see with sight. Because what happens is, when your eyesight goes away, all of your senses heighten. They're literally almost like dogs. Like, you can be 100 yards away, they can hear you. They can feel your footsteps coming. All of their, their touch, their taste, all of their senses are heightened because sight is dimmed. And I want to tell you something. What you see is lying to you. It's contradicting reality. The Bible doesn't say we should walk by sight. The Bible says we should walk by faith. Not walking by what we see, but walking by what God said and what God shows us. And in this show called See, the people with no sight are the heroes. They win every fight. They win every battle because they can see internally. They have a vision, not just sight. And that's what God wants for you. Helen Keller, she was a blind lady. And they asked her, they said, how bad is being blind? She said, the only thing that's worse than being blind is to have sight with no vision. The only thing that's worse than being blind is to have sight with no vision. And where does vision come from? Vision comes from God. When you come to God and you connect with God and you love God, God gives you a vision. And how do you know when you have a vision from God? 
Because if you have a vision from God, you can't do it. It's so much bigger than yourself. If you can do it, it's not a vision, it's a project. But if you need God to do it, it's a vision. And I want you to know God has a vision for your life. The Bible says something so powerful. It said, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit. And it said, the young man, the young men should see visions and the old men should dream dreams. Now, I'm always asking God, why did it say the young man should see visions and the old man dreams? And the Lord spoke to me. He said, because... A dream is something that precedes you. A dream is something that you have, but you don't have the time to complete it. A dream is something you got to hand off. Dr. King had a dream because he would die. He would have to pass the baton to the next generation. But a vision is something you can accomplish in your lifetime. A vision means you have enough time to actually fulfill it. And what I'm telling you is while you're young, you can complete the vision. If you get started now, if you get started in this season, you can see the vision to fruition. But if you wait till you're old, you only get a dream. And it's not bad. It's not that you can't start it. It's that when you start it, someone else has to finish it. But glory to God, I'm not letting no one else finish my vision. I'm going to build the vision. I'm going to write it upon tablets and make it plain so those that see it could run with it. God, I want to be driven by the vision you have for my life. God, I'm telling you right now, your vision is plan A. There is no plan B. God's vision is plan A. And there was this soldier. He would win every battle in war. And here's how he would win every battle. Whenever they got on their ships to go fight another country, soon as they got on the field, he got five of his servants, and he said, burn all the boats. And they would travel on boats, and he would burn the boats. And the reason why he would burn the boats is he would burn plan B. Plan B would be to retreat. Plan B would be to quit. Plan B would be to run. He would burn plan B, so they gave all they had to plan A. And my question is, God has a plan A for your life, but every time it gets hard, you retreat and go back to plan B. But if you would burn plan B, if you would burn the backup, you would go all in on plan A. And I want to tell you guys, we had a vision to start a ministry that would be multicultural. White would be next to black. Black would be next to Hispanic. Hispanic would be next to Asian. And we would unite the city in the middle of the South where there was division. And everybody was being separated. And we believed that God would bring unity. That was our vision. But guess what? When we got that vision, we didn't have the money. We didn't have the resources. We didn't have the facilities. But guess what? We, we didn't have everything we needed. We didn't have the PhD we needed. We didn't have the degree we needed. We didn't have none of that. We didn't have a degree, a PhD. But what we did have was a G-O-D, and that's all we need. Because if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm preaching better than your amen right now. And we had God. And in order to do what God is calling you to do, you got to see what God is showing you. Everybody that ever done something great, it wasn't that they were awesome, it wasn't that they were strong, and it wasn't that they were courageous. It was that they saw what no one else saw. That's all it was. We we, We preach about David, and we think David is this bold, strong hero in the Bible. And the truth of the matter is, David was a coward. 
He really was. Read, read it closely. He was brave, and of course, eventually, he got his courage up. He didn't fight Goliath because he was brave. He fought Goliath because he saw the vision. He saw the vision. There's going to be Goliaths that come against you. Big obstacles, big circumstances. I remember being in college, and I'm like, man, I want to live for God, but I want to be cool. I want to live for God, but everybody is turned, and I'm not trying to be the little weird Christian. So, you know, watch me with, watch me, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I get lit too. But I, but I, but I know I, there's a vision and a plan for my life. And David was the same way. And when Goliath came, everybody was scared of Goliath. And they were scared of Goliath because they looked with eyesight, not insight. They saw a giant. They saw something bigger and stronger than them, and they were terrified. They saw with eyesight. David closed his eyes. He saw with insight, and he saw something no one else saw. They saw themselves fighting Goliath. He saw God fighting Goliath. They saw themselves fighting Goliath. He saw God fighting Goliath. And at that point, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine taunting the people of God? He saw the promise of God. He saw the word of God because God said, whoever's in my covenant, I will protect against the people that's not in my covenant. So he saw it different. The children of Israel saw Goliath as opposition. David saw Goliath as opportunity. They saw Goliath as something that would kill them. David saw it as Goliath as someone he would kill. My question is, how do you see the giant? Do you see the giant with eyesight or do you see the giant with insight? Do you see the giant with sight or do you see the giant with vision? Because if you see the giant with sight, you will look at him and say he's too big to hit. But if you see the giant with vision, you will look at him and say he's too big to miss. How do you see it? What is your perspective? What is your perspective? My question is how do you see your life? How do you see it? Do you see it with human eyes or do you see it with spiritual eyes? Because how you see it is how you would pursue it. Change the way you see. I got a story for you guys. I was watching this movie. I'll never forget because it was a pretty bizarre movie. It was this movie and this man was going up a mountain. And as this man was getting ready to walk up this mountain, he was going up the mountain. And as he's going up the mountain, he's walking and he tripped on a rock and he broke his ankle. And this man's still going, he's crazy. So he's hopping up the mountain with a broken ankle. Then he hit another rock and he dropped his phone and the phone screen cracked. But he's still walking. Then he's going up the mountain, he spilled juice on his shirt. And he's still going up the mountain. And as he got up the mountain, he got up to the top and a bear bit his arm off. Is this a bad day? Like this is a really bad day. But as I was sitting on the couch, my cousin came in and he was rewinding the movie because he missed it. As he rewinded the movie, something so crazy happened. There was a man that was on top of a mountain, and he was missing an arm. And a bear came and gave him his arm back. And then he began to hop down the mountain backwards. And then there was juice on his shirt, and it just fell off. And he began to hop backwards. And there was a cracked phone on the floor, and it jumped up in his hand fixed. And then he hopped back, and then he hit a rock, and his ankle came back in place, and he made it all the way down the mountain. Two, same movie, two different perspectives. One, one perspective, he lost everything. Another perspective, he gained everything. I want to ask you something. Why do you see your life? How do you see your story? Do you see it as you losing everything? Or do you see it as you gaining everything? How do you see it? Because if you look this way, you fail. But if you look that way, you win. And what I'm trying to tell you is, 
God doesn't see it how you see it. God sees it different. God sees it through vision. And vision comes from hearing God. It comes from getting the word from God or a picture from God. And let me tell you what God promised you. God promised you that his word would not return void. 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 Let me tell you what that means. God says, when I give you a word and I speak it, my word is released into the universe. And my word goes and it grabs what I said. My word returns back to me and it never comes back void. It never comes back empty-handed. Whenever I speak a word and it goes into the world, the world, my word brings back something in his hand. It never returns empty-handed. So if God said he's going to protect you, he's going to grab protection, and he's not coming back empty-handed. If God said he's going to love you, he's going to grab love, and he's not coming back empty-handed. If God said you're going to change your city, he's going to grab change, and he's not coming back empty-handed. He's not a man that he should lie. His word never returns void. God said if I said it, it got to happen because it's written down. When I speak, my word grabs what I say. And you may ask the question, why don't you have it? See, you missed it. God never said that his word wouldn't come to you void. He said his word won't return to him void. Which means when God speaks, it goes and it brings it back to God. And if you're in connection with God, relationship with God, proximity with God, in God's presence, then God will speak and give it to you. So when God has a word spoken over you, the word brings it to him. And when you're in communion with God, then God gives it to you. Every time God speaks, his word comes back with something in his hands. And my question is, what is God speaking to you? What is the word of the Lord for your life? What is it? What is the vision? What is the plan? And in order to get that, you have to get God. What's the vision? What's the plan? What's the mandate? Church, I'm going to share a little vision of Radiant Church. God has given us a vision to reach this city. God told us we would reach thousands of people. God said we would bring unity through the city. We would have churches and college campuses. We would have multiple campuses. God said we would expand and do amazing things in this city. And guess what? It may sound crazy, but crazy is only crazy until you see it. Do you know when we was on the college campus in the kitchen broke to have our own building was crazy? This is crazy. We are living in a crazy vision right now. We, we didn't have the money for this. We couldn't afford it. It may not be much, but we can afford it. But guess what? God has expanded our territory. He's given us facilities. And what was crazy in one season is accounted faith in another. And we are standing in crazy because there was a couple people that was radical enough to believe God when he spoke. And God told us, we was on the college campus, we couldn't meet there every week. It was like, what are we going to do? And God spoke and he said, my vision will prevail. My vision will prevail. And what happened was God's word went and grabbed this facility. And it was almost impossible for us to get this facility because we was fighting with three other people that had dibs on it. 
And the other guy that was in this building said, I was here first and we're going to have this building. But God spoke a word and this building went to God's hands. And God said, if you seek me, if you pursued me, if you abided in me and I abide in you, I will give you the vision. And all of those people are gone, but Radiant Church is standing because we had a vision from God. Crazy faith. But guess what? Vision also needs a vessel. Would you be a vessel of vision? When God gives you a vision, would you be a vessel? Are you willing to be the container of God's content? Because the content comes from God, but you are the container. Are you a carrier of God's content? Because though God has a vision, God needs a vessel to walk the vision out. Let me tell you how powerful vision is. The Bible says, write the vision upon tablets. See, they had iPads back in the day. Say, write the vision upon tablets, send <laughs> your Bible, and make it plain. Make it plain. See, many of you never see the vision of God for your life because you don't make it plain. If I came to you and said, what's your vision? You'd be like, well, I just feel like God is coming. No, no, stop talking. Where's the document? Well, well, okay, there you go. You mean to tell me you got enough faith to believe it, but you don't have enough faith to write it? And that's why we're not seeing manifestation, church, is because we got faith to believe God is going to move, but we can't even let our finger move with a pen and a paper. And God is saying that faith is an action word. And God is saying, if you truly believe me, you will start writing. You would write the vision. You would make it plain. Why do you got to make it plain? Because those that's called to read it can run with it. Can't nobody run with your vision. What if somebody else is supposed to fund your vision? They're going to come and ask for the document of your vision. We'll organize your plan, your steps, your team. And if that's not written down, that means you don't truly believe because belief is action. Write it and make it plain. Let me show you something else. If you have your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. It says, I'll give you guys a second to get there. You guys enjoying this? Awesome. Y'all got to wait. I'm thirsty. Shoot. He shouldn't say that in this sermon. It says who? In the middle of Jesus' sermon, he started multiplying fish and bread. Start passing out pizza in the middle of my sermon. It says, Mark chapter 8, verse 22, it says, Then he came to Bethesda, and they brought a blind man to him. And he begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, wait, first of all, Jesus spit on this man's eyes and put his hands on him. Like, Jesus, just let me stay blind, please. You can't heal me in a sanitary, in COVID going around, you spitting on people? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Jesus ain't got that COVID-19, huh? Say, you might got COVID, but Jesus ain't got COVID. You need a mask on. Praise God. No, I'm playing. Some sanitizer, wipes, disinfected. No. <laughs> and it says, and he spit on his eyes and put his hands on them. He asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Verse 25, then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and he saw everyone clearly. This verse in the Bible bothered me. 
it bothered me deeply when I read it yesterday. Because I remember being in the church a long time ago, and I remember hearing a preacher say, sometimes even when Jesus prayed, it don't work. Jesus had to pray for the man two times. And sometimes even when Jesus prayed and do miracles, it don't work. Jesus prayed for him two times, and it plagued me. Every miracle in the Bible, Jesus spoke once, and it was done. Why did Jesus have to pray for this man twice for him to see clearly? It bothered me, and I was wondering, why did Jesus have to pray twice? And this scripture, it plagued me. And then the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He said, because the first time I spoke, I opened his vision. The second time I spoke, I opened his eyes. The first time I spoke, he saw men walking like trees because I said those that's planted by the river of God should be like trees and they will be walking and talking in my presence and they will be strong trees. And I gave him a vision of what I was doing in the world. I was raising up trees and he saw the vision and I gave him vision first because I was letting him know your vision is more important than your sight. Your insight is more important than your eyesight. So I gave him a vision, then I gave him sight so he can know the order of seeing he needed to know the order so God showed him insight before eyesight and let me tell you something church do you have vision do you have insight because God wants to open up your blind eyes and maybe you say I can see just fine but can you really can you really do you see what God is doing do you see clearly because Jesus said Seeing you do not perceive, and hearing you do not understand. In other words, Jesus said you can have ears and listen and never hear. You can have eyes and see and never perceive. God is saying that you have to see what I'm doing and you have to hear what I'm doing. This is what God is speaking. This is what God is saying. This is where God is going. And you have to trust God even when you can't trace God. You got to trust God in the good. You got to trust God in the bad. You got to trust God in season, out of season, in all seasons. You have to trust God. And if you could trust God, even when you can't trace him, if you could trust God, even when you're in the dark, if you could trust God, even when your eyes are closed, God can do the miracle in your life. Come on, somebody, give God a shout of praise. Come on, give him a crazy praise. I want to tell you something. God wants to show you things. God wants you to see. God wants to tell you things. God wants you to hear. And you have to trust him in this season, church, because he's a good God. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And he's calling you home. God is saying, come to me so I can show you who you are. Come to me so I can tell you everything I'm calling you to do. You got to trust God. You got to trust what he's saying. You got to trust where he's leading. You got to trust where he's going. And if you would do that, God would do the miracle in your life every time. God would show up in such a powerful way. God would minister to you in spirit and in truth. God would do what only he can do. And I'm telling you, I've seen God move. I've seen God do incredible things. I've seen God strengthen me. I've seen God empower me. But I had to trust God in season and out of season. And I had to come to God, and I had to close my eyes, and I had to open up my heart and say, God, speak to me. God, move in me. God, use me. 
God, forgive me, God. Maybe I've been doing things that's disconnected me from you, God. Maybe I've been far from you, God. Maybe I haven't been close. But in this season, God, I'm pressing in. In this season, I'm getting close, God. And I want to tell you, Radiant Church, in this season, God wants to use you. Because in this season, God has given us a word. And he said, we're going to reach this city. He said, we're going to reach the school campuses. And we're going to do the impossible. And he's going to make it unstoppable. So I just want to ask you, will you let God use you? Will you let God love you? And most importantly, will you close your eyes and will you let God show you? Will you let him show you who you are? Will you let him show you who he is? All the things you heard about him, all the myths, all God is judging you. God's mad at you. God can't use you. You messed up. You're too far. You're from this family. Can you put all of that to the side and see what God shows you and hear what God tells you? 